0: Well, church, we're going to pick up a little bit where we left off last week. With Finding yourself starts with giving yourself away. I said a little bit last week is so often we come into church the first time or when we find Jesus or we come to Him, it's because we're looking for something. But once we find it, The truth begins revealed to us, and we realize that to find ourselves, we must give ourselves away. To really enjoy life, you realize that it's not about receiving, it's about giving. I I look at Bob and Eileen here on the, the second row here, and they love to give themselves away. They love to go where there's a need and help people. Help people find Jesus. And they know when they give themselves away that as they're giving themselves away, it's helping someone else find themselves. It's helped someone else find themselves in Jesus. And each and every one of us have an area of our life that we can give ourselves away. And all of our life needs to be given to God that we say, God, just have your way. Do whatever you will. Speak to me, lead me, and I will follow. I'll go. But you know what? That first going, it's out of your comfort zone. So often we think that, well, I'm just not comfortable in that. Well, maybe that's where God's wanting you to go. If he called me to where I was comfortable, you better believe I wouldn't be up here right now. And then I look at lives and I I, I see... People that have found Jesus, not because of anything that I've done other than just saying, Yes, I'll go. Being obedient. And and sometimes it just brings me to tears going, Wow, Lord, what if I wouldn't have said yes? Or what if this person wouldn't have said yes? Or what if that person wouldn't have said yes? What if they would have said it's out of their comfort zone? What if when I needed a word from God, when when I was ready to to end my life, what if my pastor would have said, well, that's out of my comfort zone? Well, I don't want to interrupt service because it may offend somebody. It may not be, you know, politically correct in the church because we need to have order. The only order I want is God's order. Have his order. Yes, he has order. Friday night, I had the order of service. We didn't go by my order. We went by his order. Sometimes he'll stop you in, in your tracks and say, hey, hey, hey. I got something I want to do. Let me do what I want to do. Matthew 10.1, it says, and, and I told them I'd get them the words back there, but the scriptures, but I didn't. Well, we left off with the scripture last week, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. I said this last week as well, he never calls us to give without giving us first, the power to do it. The song we were singing, let the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. What's the reward of his suffering? You and me. It's us. Being obedient, giving ourselves back to Him, saying, Yes, Lord, this is what I shall do. You know, we can just sit back, we can't just sit back and watch others give themselves away and think that's good enough. Well, there's a lot of people out there doing stuff for God. Well, praise the Lord. There's a lot of people dying and going to hell, too. There are people in your life that I can't reach. There are people that you see on a daily basis that God has placed in your life that He is giving you the power to reach them. But will you give yourself away to it? Will you say, yes, Lord? Will you continue to accept it? Will you continue to say, God, whatever it is? You know, as I was, uh, I was praying and studying, I, I just... I started thinking about being in the game. How... How in the past, I've, I've played sports, and I was in the game, and there's other times I was on the sidelines. And there's a huge difference between being on the sidelines and being in the game. And when I was on the sidelines, I could get excited about what's going on, but I wasn't partaking in what's going on. I could be excited seeing everything around, but there was a difference between sitting on the bench and being in the game. There's a different excitement when you're a part of what's happening rather than just watching what's happening. And when I I remember ripping my arm off in high school playing football, and I remember sitting there on the sidelines and and helping coach and so forth, and sitting there not being able to get in the game, but wanting to get in the game so bad. Wanting to be out there, but I was held back by, by an injury. But I wonder how many individuals have been held back by a hurt or an injury that's causing them not to go forward. But here is what's so awesome about God is God can heal that injury instantly. God can put you back in the game right now, but you have to be willing to go. And a lot of times you can be on that sideline, you can be on the bench, and God says, I'm putting you in. And you can say, but I'm injured. Or so to say, hurt. I believe church people, listen, don't take offense to this, but church people a lot of times get hurt very easily. You know why a lot of times they get hurt? is because a lot of times what they're doing is they're doing unto man instead of doing unto God. So when circumstances happen and it hurts you, it doesn't mean that you may not get hurt. But when you allow the hurt or the circumstance to hold you back, now you're allowing what someone did to you to keep you from the blessings God has for you. So just because they've hurt you once, don't allow it to keep hurting you the rest of your life. Don't allow it to hold you back from what God has for you. I'm telling you what, people can be cruel, amen? But guess what? We, we were speaking with our, our recovery group this week, and we we're talking about hurt. Hurt people hurt people. So if we would begin to, to look at the view like Jesus did, when these hurt men were beating him, mocking him, putting him on the cross, crucifying him, he didn't go, wow, I can't believe they're hurting me. Forget them. I'm not going to do the will of the Father for them. No, you know what he did? He looked at him and go, these are some hurt people. Lord, please forgive them. Father, forgive them. But he's basically saying, forgive them. They're hurt. They're lost. They're lost. They're hurting inside. They've got no identity, Father. But I've come to give them an identity, to give them life and give it more abundantly. Father, forgive them for what they're doing. What he looked at them as being hurt people rather than people hurting him. So what if we started looking at people as maybe they're just hurt. Or maybe I took it wrong. Or maybe they're good people and they were just having a bad day. How many of y'all ever have a bad day? (laughs) Two or three of you, praise the Lord. Got a couple honest people in here today. God bless you. but so often back with the sports you'd sit there and you'd watch the team doing a great job and wish more than anything you could play i've sat there and watched them do a terrible job and knew if coach would put me in i could turn things around i've sat there being injured seeing things all around going wrong and how many of you today look around and sometimes it looks like we're losing but I believe today that God is saying he wants to put you in the game. He wants to put you in the game. Here's what's awesome about God's team. is that There isn't a number set for how many people can get in, but it doesn't matter who wants to get in can get in. Who wants to play can play. Who wants to go to war can go to war. You got to get out of the stands and begin to join the team you got to get off the bench and get in the game. The coach can call you, but if you're not willing, he's putting someone else in. Let me say that again. The coach can call you, but if you aren't willing, he'll put someone else in. Time to stop watching and complaining about this nation crumbling and start doing something about it. If it isn't over, then we still have work to do. I love what Catherine Kuhlman said. She asked God, "God, why me, Lord? Lord, why would you pick me to do this?" And she says, "God told her, He wasn't her first choice. I picked many other men first, but they weren't willing to go." And I wonder how many times God has picked other people first to do something. And they didn't go, so we picked someone else and put them in the game. You may look out there and say, man, how awesome it would be to, to have done this ministry or done that and do this. I believe we all have it in us. You know how I know? Because if you have Jesus in you, you've got it in you. You've got greater and bigger things inside of you. Don't use the false humility of going, well, no. I just, just I don't believe God wants me to do anything big. I'm telling you, what, whatever God has you do, it's big. It's big. Some people say, well, I don't know what I can do. Get in prayer and find out. Well, pastor, you haven't told me to do anything. But it's God. I can have you do something. But if it's not God's will, above all else, His will. And His will be done. You know, I remember... Being in church, knowing God called me to be in ministry. And going, man, I wish the, the pastor would give me ministry to do. I wish something, I wish something. And all of a sudden, prophets would come in the church, or even people that didn't prophesy. And they'd call out a few people and they'd say, you know, you're going to do this in this ministry. You're going to do this here. You're going to do this in this house and this house and this house. And they'd call me and my wife up and they'd say, in your ministry. And I'm like, well, that's great, Lord, but I really wanted to do ministry here, Father. How come they all got the words saying it would be here and I got the words that said in my ministry? We all have ministry in us. And we can all work together to do ministry together. I mean, there's many of you here that, that have your own ministries and praise the Lord for it. I thank God every day. That that you're being obedient, listening to what God's called you to do. I think it's, uh, what's his name, David Green, who started um, Hobby Lobby. You know, he said his family, one of them knew he was called to ministry. They said, you're supposed to be a preacher. You're supposed to be a preacher. What are you doing starting businesses? He said, but I knew from God that my calling was to make money for the kingdom. My calling was was to make money so I could help fund people's ministries. And sometimes we feel as if it doesn't look like someone else's ministry, that it's not good enough. But other individuals that are, are, Bob and Eileen, Bill and Marilyn, you guys have ministries, just different ones that other people can help pour into their ministry to do something. And without their help, imagine where they'd be. And God has something. I'm telling you today, and I want you to grab a hold of this. God has something for you, but are you willing to get in the game when he calls you? Are you willing to go forward? Are you willing to go out there? Let me tell you, sometimes it's fearful. Sometimes you may get hurt. When I started playing football, I was 117 pounds on the varsity team in high school. Yes, 117 pounds. Let me tell you, it was fearful. But you know what made me better? Was that I could run really fast to get away from the big guys. So by the time they went to throw that football, I was on the other side of the field and nobody was around. But guess what? Even in the midst of stepping out in my fear... I got in the game, I got hurt. But you know what I had to do? I had to get back up. It didn't mean that just because I went out there, I wouldn't get hurt. It meant that when I get hurt, I got to get back up. When I get hurt, I've got to say, yes, Lord, heal me. Father, I need you. And what's even awesome about this story in comparison to our, our lives with Christ, you know what I did to get healed on my shoulder? after they told me I'd never be able to play football again, I'd never be able to work out again, I'd never be able to to do anything, I had some type of palsy in my shoulder, I couldn't lift my shoulder, I could just do this with my arm, I went and got prayed for and got healed. God healed me. And just like He can heal your physical body, He can heal your innermost being. He can heal the hurt that has taken place over year, over years ago and maybe be so deep that you don't even realize today that you're hurt but you know that by some of your responses there must be something in there because you don't understand why you always say no or you don't understand why you always argue back or you don't understand why there's bitterness or you don't understand why certain things you continue to do that you wish you wouldn't do anymore but but there's a root and a lot of times the root is you've been hurt. Right. Do you know how many strong Christians there are or that were that no longer go to church and most of them don't go to church because they've taken offense to something and they allowed the offense to take root inside of them and guess what? Who do they start hurting? Themselves. It didn't hurt anyone else around them but themselves but you know who it begins to hurt? Is those who God was calling them to go heal. Those that God was calling them to go save. And I'm telling you what, I don't want to allow what someone else did to me to affect my relationship with God where I can't do what God's called me to do. And we all have to understand that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, but will we just accept what he has for us? You know, it may be fun to watch your team winning, but like I said, it doesn't compare to being a part of what that team is doing and winning with them, knowing that you help to make a difference. Maybe you've never played a sport, but you've watched the game or your favorite team is winning. Just think about how excited you got. How much more excited would it have been if you weren't just watching from the sidelines? Now I remember when the, the Rams, Kurt Warner was there and they won that Super Bowl. I thought about how excited, especially Christians were, that they were up there proclaiming Jesus Christ after their win. And I thought, man, if I'm this excited, how much more excited? Are those guys that just won how much more excited are they that were in the game doing what they were called to do we can sit here all day and watch our team win but it doesn't mean anything to us until we've actually played i'm not willing to look back and say i wonder what would have happened if i would have got off the bench and gotten the game but i want to look back and say i gave it all i had and i gave all my obedience i gave myself away I gave myself to God. Here's where I see hindrances happen so often. I tell you these things, church, because to beware, to watch out. A lot of times we can hear the direction, but if we don't realize the schemes of the enemy, sometimes we fall to the trap. I was talking with a very well-known Musical artist this week won't mention his name or who he was referring to at this time, but he began to speak and he was talking about how the church is conforming, how music is conforming to this world. And he began to talk about a, a, a certain few certain Christian groups that have have sold out to the world. they've literally Sold out so much they, they've sold to this big company that that does all the big rap groups and all these other huge groups that do their marketing for them, do their tours for them, do the setups for them, do the stage. They do everything, so all they gotta do is show up and collect a paycheck. He said, But what's happened is they've actually had to sign a contract that they can't pray for people, they can't speak in tongues, they can't give an altar call. They can't lay hands on people. You go out there and do music and collect a paycheck. But if you do any of these things we told you not to do, you're not collecting a check on that. He said in the certain group, he said, most of them, as, they, as they've done this, they, they've begun to conform more and more to the world. He said, but there's a few in there. He says, I got to get out. He goes, they're dying. They weren't saved out of this he said that they're ready. He said it's woke a few of them up that, that they're ready to get back to the gospel. They're tired of doing music, but they want to get back to doing God's work. He said, but but so many of them have, he, I mean, you'd be shocked to know some of the names that, that have completely sold out to this, that they say we're doing music, and, and, and they begin to justify things. Well, at least we're seeing a positive message. A positive message without power does nothing. I can come up here and give you a positive message all day long, but there's no power with it. You may as well go home and watch the football game. At least you'll get more excitement out of it. Get nothing out of a positive message without power. He said, but this company, what they've done is they've saw these these big names winning Grammys, and they've decided Christian concerts is where it's at. They've seen that the, the world likes what's going on, even the world, and they're attracted to it. So what they've done is they've capitalized on the Christian music and they've decided, we know that we can invest our money into the church and make a return. Isn't it crazy the world sees that, but a lot of times the church doesn't? Yeah. And they're investing their money into this and, and they're be, beginning to do all these things. When the church doesn't see the need in the same level as investment to bring the gospel to the world. The world capitalizes on the church, but again, the church isn't willing to invest. They are entertaining, but they're not saving. How crazy is it that the world is seeing something different about church music? The world sees the value. Why don't we invest and let the power of God move? The world, So he said, the world recognizes that we have a sound that the world doesn't. The world recognizes that the church has a sound that the world doesn't. Uh, what sound is this? It's a sound from heaven. It's a sound that'll change lives. It's a sound that has... Power, but the problem is when you have a sound and you remove the power, it's now just a sound and it won't do anything to change a life. And all of a sudden we began to do something where God was moving and the enemy came in to remove the power. What did the enemy do? He bought the power to remove it. I'm going to come in and give money to remove the power. I'll bless you. And then how do we compromise and how do we conform to the world? Oh, wow, look at this. God is really blessing us now. We're, we're, we're still singing Christian music, but, but we're just, just changing a few things. And let me tell you, church, the church, this isn't just the music industry. This is where church has gotten. Church has gotten to the place, well, we believe in it all, but we're just, we just you know, let's just leave it over here. I'm telling you what. got to change lives. This brother in the music industry, he said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this. He goes, I'm ready to start going out there. He goes, I'm done performing. He goes, I'm done having concerts. He goes, but I'm going out there to lay hands on people and get them delivered and see them set free. He said, I'm done with it. We can't do this any longer. We've got a way that we got to change the way that we do music. That we're not doing music to entertain people, but we're doing music to change people. To set them free, to deliver them. We started getting off off into the identity crisis. You realize our world has an identity crisis. It's not the world's fault. It's the church's. If you don't like it, get in the Word. There was an identity crisis. What happened? Jesus came. There was an identity crisis. What happened? We started building the church. There's an identity crisis. What happened? God's called me and you to give them an identity. An identity in Christ Jesus. You know, used to, I thought about how sick and perverted it still is. Uh, The garbage going on today. The the sex changes. All this stuff. Like, how demented is this? And then as I sit back and I pray for them, God begins to speak to me and reveal to me, They don't have an identity. All they're doing is looking for an identity. They don't have one. They're looking for an identity. That's why I've called you to give them an identity, to share Jesus with them, to help deliver them and set them free. They're literally just lost. They're lost, and they've searched everywhere that they can think of, so they're trying something Could you imagine? I mean, imagine how this can break your heart right now. Could you imagine having an identity crisis, and you go and change your identity with surgery, and in the end, you find out that you're more miserable than you were before? I mean, how horrible would that be? So it's our duty to show them Jesus. It's our duty to give them an identity. It's not us being their identity. It's giving the Jesus that we have to them so they can find their identity in Christ and their life be transformed forever. And listen if you have an identity crisis today, let's talk, let's pray, let's get you Jesus. Maybe you say, Why well, have Jesus? And I still have an identity problem. Get in the Word so you can find your identity. Right, Devon? He's been speaking with his recovery group about this. Find your identity. Who are you in him? Do you realize that that most Christians you talk to, many large majority of Christians don't know their identity? They don't know their identity. The whole book talks about our identity. It makes me wonder, have you ever read this? And if you have, read it again. Read it again. Amen. I'm telling you, church, that this isn't a, a, a bashing program that church needs to get into. This needs to be a loving program that we go out and give Jesus. Amen. People are lost. they're they're turning to anything they can think of because they're hurting. They're literally hurting. And they're looking for an answer. And maybe you're in here today. Maybe you're out there watching or listening. I'm telling you what, we love you. We love you. And, and I love you enough to tell you what the answer to your problems are. I talked with an individual the other day in ministry. And he said, I just don't know why, why pastors would get up there and say something that they know could offend somebody. He said because we love them enough to tell them the truth if the pastor won't tell you who will if the pastor won't love you who will if the church won't tell you who will you know why the world won't tell you? well the world doesn't say anything about it because the world doesn't have the answer
1: exactly
0: the world's trying to find an answer I mean it doesn't matter. Uh, you not get me started today. But there's nothing here that I'm saying today that should offend anyone if I'm giving you answers to the problems. It's that simple. You can say I can't believe he was bashing, that there's no bashing going on. This is saying if you're hurting if you have a broken leg and I'm a doctor What am I going to do? I'm going to help fix your broken leg. Why? Because I want to see you healed. If you're bleeding out, what am I going to do? I'm going to get a bandage for you. I'm going to stitch you up. And and the, the world is bleeding out, and it's time the church heals them and does something to set them free. It's time the church opens their mouth again and lets the power of Jesus Christ come and set them free all it is is an identity crisis america is in a crisis yes i tell you today we're in an identity crisis and it's time it changes It's times we do something different it's time that we begin to let god move in our lives let god move in the church listen I mean, the scripture, Acts 8, 18 through 21, I'm going to read it right now. It says, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, laying on in the apostle's hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money will perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. But how often we're just trying to buy things. The world sees that God moving brings people in. But they eliminate what draws the people. Christians are conforming to the world because they haven't set their face towards the Lord and purposed it in their heart. Same thing with Teen Challenge years and years ago. A friend of ours, the president at that time, came to him, wrote out a check to Teen Challenge and said, here's a million dollars. I want to invest in what you guys are doing. My brother took that check and slid it back across that table to the president and said, we don't want your money. He said, what do you mean nobody turns down our money? He said, because you're going to change some stuff in this program. He said, yeah, we may change a few things, but you can still have your curriculum and what you go through and all that stuff. He goes, no, what you're going to change is you're going to eliminate God, and this program doesn't work without God or without Jesus Christ. And we've got to start understanding and knowing that what we do doesn't work without the power of Jesus. Music doesn't work without the power of the Holy Spirit. Preaching doesn't work without the power of the Holy Spirit. Evangelizing doesn't work without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you today, I believe that someone even watching today or listening, that they're being set free right now. Maybe someone in this house right now is being set free. 1 Peter 4, 9 through 11. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. I love how they they always throw something extra in there. Be nice to people. You could have just left it at that. Well, I'm nice to them just like they said. He says, without complaining. You got some people that are nice all the time, but they go back home and they, they say, I was just so nice to them, and I just can't believe that they don't appreciate it. Do you know what I gave them and now they're treating me this way? Do you know what I've done for them? And let me tell you, usually the people you hurt the most are the ones that appreciate it the least. Can I get an amen? Amen. What's he saying? He goes, don't complain about it. Why? Because you're not doing it for them anyhow. Do it unto me. And all that you do and all of your work, do it as you're doing it unto me. Then he says, as each one has received a special gift. All of y'all have received a special gift. It says, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. So the word received, listen, the word received comes from the Greek word lambano, meaning to have accepted or the fact of having already received it. Sometimes we understand what a word means and we know what it means, but we don't grab a hold of what it means. What it means is what you have is already there. You don't have to pray for this gift. God said, I've already given it to you. The gift in which I've put in you, the thing in which I have already done He's saying it's there. Begin to use it. You've received. You already have a special gift in you. Employ it. Use it for serving one another and as good stewards to the most fasted grace of God. It's there. And now let's look at the word gift, which comes from the Greek word charisma. The definition is a divine gratuity. Example, deliverance from danger or passion, passion, especially a spiritual endowment, religious qualification, or a miraculous faculty, meaning a free gift, a miraculous gift of power. So it actually reads that every person has already received the gift, has already received the miraculous gift, the the power that they need to go forward. That's why we're called the charismatic church, because we flow in His gifts. But here's the deal. We all have a gift to go out and reach people. We all have a gift to do what God's called us to do. So this passage is saying, I've already given you a miraculous power and qualification. Now use it. How often are we praying that, that God will give us something to use when he said, I've already given you what you need to use? God, give me what I need to go. God, give me what I need to do what you've called me to do. God, when it comes to what's in us and the power that he gives us, he's already given it to us. He doesn't call us to do something and not give us the power to do it. He's saying, I've already given it to you. You've already received it. And here's what's what's awesome about this. Listen, each one of you have received a special gift. could have said have been given i can give you something but if you don't take it it's not yours he's saying this gift has already been received when you accepted this and he's saying it's already in you it's not even about part of having to reach out and grab it it's already there when you receive the holy spirit being baptized in the holy spirit i'm telling you what power is there power if you haven't been baptized in the holy spirit we want to pray for you we want to get you baptized. We want to get your life transformed. I'm telling you what, Brother John Olstein, and I because people get on to me about this, John Olstein, not Joel, his dad. John, he said, you know what? I was uh won't even tell you what what denomination he was in, but he was, I was this denomination preacher. He said, We didn't believe in the in the Holy Ghost. We believe it stopped in Acts. He goes, but I knew something was missing inside of me. I knew that there was something not there. So it goes from being a gift to then once you accept the gift, you've already received everything that you need. And he goes, I didn't know. He goes, one day I was in a meeting, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, I get prayed for, and I start realizing something had changed in me. He goes, I start realizing there's power. I start realizing that, that the book of Acts didn't stop then. It's still for today. He goes, it woke me up. It changed my life forever. He goes, now all I want to do is set people free. He said, I started going out places, and people would ask me to pray for them. He goes, and I'd lay hands on them, and they'd start speaking in tongues. He goes, little did they know I hadn't started speaking in tongues yet. <laughs> he goes, they didn't know that, but they knew there was power in me. And I started laying hands, and people are just coming up. They're having me do prayer lines of, of praying for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He goes, and one day it hit me. He goes, and I got it. He goes, but I've already received it. It's in me. It's there. Maybe you're here today and you say, I don't speak in tongues, pastor. They pray for it. Maybe you've never opened your mouth. I heard the analogy, it says, to drink. And when you drink, what do you do when you drink? You keep your mouth open or closed. If you close your mouth while you're drinking, you ain't going to get nothing. It says open your mouth. Open your mouth. You'll say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to force something out. When you talk, you're forcing something out. <laughs> well, if it ain't real, I ain't doing it. You know what the, the Spirit it says? That the Spirit gives you utterance. And He can give you utterance, but if you don't speak it, what is it? All of a sudden, it's staying in your head. But we just think that that God's going to come down and take our mouth and just control us. Some of us need to be controlled a little more, though. I think about demon-possessed people. They let the devil have all of them, control them, speak through them, whatever he wants. Come to church, well, you know, pastor. We get so religious when we come to church. You realize, demonic people, one thing that they've learned is not to be religious. we we'll just let the power flow through us. Only problem is they've gone the wrong direction. The power that will kill them. We've got the power over their power, and we try to stay all reserved. I ain't doing that. Nope, nope. People manifest when we pray for them. Demonic stuff. What if more people start manifesting in the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Right. Letting God move. Yeah. What well, if they just open their mouth and let it flow out? Could you imagine the church would start opening their mouth, the prophetic words that would come out, the words of knowledge that would begin to flow? Yeah. The world would go, you know what, there's power the world turns to demonic psychics and all this garbage looking for something. But the church, we've got to hide that. Let's put it in another room. No, the world's looking for it. Why hide it? They may not understand it, but let's show them it's not something that we're afraid of, and it's not something we're ashamed of, but it's what the gospel is. And Jesus Christ came to save and deliver us. He came to heal us. Why in the world would I want to have another room to pray for people when that's what Jesus came for so that he could get the glory? When someone's leg goes back, I want the world to see it, not just the church. Tell you what, when I was on this phone call the other day, you know what this this guy said, and I had never thought of it. He said, I'm believing that when we go and pray for people, that have had sex changes, things will start growing back. I said, praise the Lord. I never even thought of that. You say, well, that's just that's just impossible. Well, of course it is. That's why it's called a miracle. God can do anything. And if you go to God and ask for redemption, guess what? He's going to give you redemption. He's going to set you free. I'm telling you today that's how God works. I believe we're going to see, since you're going to see some greater things than Jesus did. Let me tell you, these are going to be some greater things and some greater days than we've ever seen before. But I'm telling you, the power of God is moving. I heard a testimony of, uh, of a pastor that, um, actually the same guy was telling me, he said a pastor called him up and said, hey, I need, I, I need some, some help. I need to talk to you about something. I don't know what to do said, the pastor asked him, he said, here's the deal. I've got a couple in our church, and, and they've come forward and given their lives to Jesus. And they come to me, and they say, pastor, we just want to be right with God. No matter what it takes, we're willing to be right with God. And the husband comes, and he says, and my wife, she used to be a man. He goes, what do we do? Do we get divorced? What do we do? And this musician said, I'm not a pastor. This is for you to deal with, not me. <laughs> But I'm telling you, I say this story to tell you, listen, people's hearts are getting changed because people are allowing the Holy Spirit to move. People's lives, their minds are waking up saying, Lord, I want to be right with you no matter what it takes. Father, and they said if we have to divorce, we have to separate. Whatever we have to do at this time, we're both in agreement to do it because God has come and changed our life and we found an identity in Christ Jesus that we've got to break the spirit that has come to put a false identity on people. There is a spirit out there right now that is trying to bring it into kids and different identity than what Christ has for them. That the demonic spirits are going around trying to lie to your children. Trying to lie to everyone around you. They're putting false information in them to tell them this is what they're searching for. When the truth is they're searching for the Holy Spirit and they're searching for Jesus and they're searching for power and they're searching for a God that is who he says he is and have a people that are who they say they are. He's looking for an ambassador of Him to go out and do what he's called them to do. I'm telling you today, we have been called to be ambassadors of heaven. To show the world who Jesus is. To show the world all that he has and all that he wants to do in our lives. And again, I want to tell you because so often the church gets so judgmental to the world. You know, when a brother's sinning, it's our duty to, a brother, to come to them and say, hey, I love you. Let's talk. But to the world, let me tell you, they have no power to overcome sin. We can't expect the world to stop sinning until we first brought them Jesus. And all of a sudden, you bring them Jesus, and you got that Holy Spirit and you begin to bring that power, all of a sudden it begins to do something. All of a sudden, I'm telling you what, it's great to preach the gospel. That's what we're called to do. But when we preach it with power, it gets us excited. You can feel the power literally leaving your body as you're speaking with boldness what Christ has you speak. And all of a sudden, it does a work in you, and you begin to release it, and it begins to do a work in them. And what's so awesome is as it does a work in them, and you begin to do what you've called to do to disciple them, now they know what they've been called to do, and they find their identity in Christ, and they go out and do the same thing you're doing.
1: The world is good
0: as spreading their their gospel. The world knows how to reach people. Why do you think big musicians sell out for the world to reach people for them? But we have the power to not only reach them, but transform them. And I'm telling you today, When you begin to give yourself away, you begin to find yourself. When you begin to say, yes, Lord, things begin to change. Things begin to take place. Things begin to to completely turn around in your life and lives around you. You know what, I want to leave you with this today. Some of you today, even as myself, a lot of times we, we look at things in the world and we, we're so quick to look at it in different eyes than Jesus' eyes. And some of us today just need to start with repenting. Not repenting because we're, we're still living in the world, but we're repenting because we're not putting the eyes of Christ on to look at certain things that we're too quick to judge the world than we are quick to show the world His love. We're so fed up with Hollywood. We're so fed up with the government. We're so fed up with all these things that some of us have even lost hope to reach them. I truly believe what's going on in our country for several years and years and years and continuing to go on, I believe one thing that's coming very good out of it is starting to wake people up and to realize we've been pushed around for too long. We've been silent for too long. You know, I've realized with a lot of individuals that the more they silence us or try to, the more church people, Christians, are starting to unsilence themselves. It was one thing to be silent when no one was silencing us. But when someone wants to silence us, we begin to realize, hey, we haven't been utilizing the freedom we have. Let's begin to do something with what God has given us in this country. And I'm telling you today, it's time that we take back this land. It's time that we go forward and we say, God, here we are coming together in unity. He looks for unity, church. He, I believe God is looking for all the different denominations to put aside all the garbage, put aside their little I believe this and believe that garbage and say, you know what? We all believe in the same Jesus. And let's begin to go out and give Jesus to the world. Let's begin to join up. Let's, I'm telling you what, Ah. Jesus knew this, that, that you know, we could do some, but when we come together, we can do a whole lot more. We can defeat a whole lot more of the enemy when we come in unity and do something together for his kingdom. And I'm believing, church. I'm telling you what, I don't even care what it takes. I don't care if things get a whole lot worse as long as it begins to bring the church into unity and the church begin to wake up and say, yes, Lord, here we are. And the church to begin to go forward what God has called them to do. Now, I pray that individuals wake up before it gets too much worse. But if it doesn't, if God, God, I know that God knows what he's doing and whatever needs to be done, let it be done. Let it be done. And that's why today, church, you got to build your faith up now. You may be ready, but there's a lot of dormant Christians out there. They've gone to sleep. What did Jesus say? He looked at his disciples. He told them, he says, wake up and pray, lest you fall into temptation. He's telling you, you're going to fall. You've got to stay prayed up. You've got to stay strong. You've got to stay awake. Be alert. You'll, you'll come conform to this world so quickly if you're not alert and awake and praying. And I'm telling you, church, today's the day. Today's the day we say, yes, Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray right now. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Lord.
1: I thank you for this time in your house, Lord. Yes, Father God. Yes, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We need you, God. Yes, Jesus. Just pray right now. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord, I whatever you want, Father. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I need you, Father. I know, Lord. Father God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord God.
0: Church, it's time we get back to discipleship. When you disciple, they find their identity. You can disciple and bring them the
1: Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord. A lot of different directions I could go right now, but this is what I'm feeling.
0: Yes, Father. There's many of you even here in this place. Keep your heads bowed. Even in this place right now that you've got an identity crisis. And when I say that, let me be clear. I'm not saying with your gender. I'm not saying with who you like or love or whatever. I just mean in general, you... You felt as if you don't know who you are. Maybe you don't know who you are in Christ. Maybe you even woke up this morning and say, I don't even know who I am anymore.
1: Yes, Father God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father.
0: Maybe you're here in some way or shape and you just say, I need to find who I am in Christ. Maybe you even say today, I know what the Scripture says that I am, but I'm not really finding that, or I'm not really accepting that, or however you want to put it. But you know that it's not really there right now. Maybe you say, used to, that I thought I was, I had found myself, I found what I was supposed to do, I found all this, but, but maybe you could even be honest today and realize that you never even found your identity in Him, you found your identity in doing things. As a pastor, I could find my identity in being a pastor, but if I ever stopped pastoring or, or whatever were to happen, if that were taken away, guess what? Then I wouldn't have an identity anymore. A lot of us have found maybe you're here and you've retired or you lost your job or, or whatever it may be and you had found your identity in those things, but now that it's not there, you don't know who you are anymore. Maybe you felt like you, you were uh, you know, this, this person in the world, and you did this. Maybe you used your hands, maybe whatever it was, and, and now that's not there. Or maybe you're in ministry, and now you're not uh, doing ministry where you were or the way you were doing it, and you felt like uh, your identity isn't there. You don't know what, what, who you are. You don't, I was this, so, so why ain't I still doing this, and this is who I am? Well, maybe this is a season God is telling you that's not who you are. Who you are is my child. Who you are is Beloved. who you are in him. You may be here and you say, I know what the scripture says that I am, but I'm still having an issue with this. And if you're here today, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not asking to come forward. We're going to pray for you right where you are, but you're here and you can be honest before God today and you can say, you know what, that is me. In one way, shape, or form, there's an identity problem I'm having. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Just just anyone else, I see all your hands out there. Yes, Lord. Anyone else, is that you? Just lift your hand. Again, like I said, I'm not calling you forward. I see your hands there. Hallelujah, you can put your hands down. I see your hands there. Glory to God. Let me tell you right now, there were many, many hands that went up. So those of you that lifted your hand, Don't feel that you're alone. Yes, Lord. Don't feel that there's something wrong with you. But know that even at this moment in time, right now, that God saw where you were. (laughs) He saw the issues. He's heard your prayers. And even today, he'd stop and say, this is what I want. He's loved you enough to say let's stop and let's get them healed. Let's find let's help them find this identity in me.
1: Yes, Father God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father.
0: I'm telling you what he's downloading a lot of stuff right now. Just let them download into you right now. All of you right now. Don't be in a hurry. If you gotta leave the door's there, you know where it's at. Don't worry. Won't be mad at you. But let's just let just been, This is serious, church. This is serious.
1: Yes, Lord. Yes, Father.
0: Father, I thank you, Lord. That even right now I believe that you've revealed some individuals today, where they're at, Lord God, that they may not have known even before they walked into this place, Father. Father, I thank you for giving them the boldness to say, yes, Lord, that's me, and I need your help. And Father, I thank you right now that you're giving them the strength to find that identity in you, that they'll be able to walk this out, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And right now what I want to do, and I want you all to join with me, I want to pray. For all of those that that have raised their hand or maybe you didn't, you wish you would have, those of you watching and listening, same with you. That God begins to give you, listen, that you begin to receive, but you also begin to know who you are, who your identity is. Maybe you're here and you say, well, I know who my identity is, but I'm just feeling lost because I'm not doing what I used to do. But I believe God's wanting to give you a new identity. And once he gives you this, this new identity in him, even more than what you already know, that he's going to begin to release you into something new. Yes, Father God. Some of you here today, listen, I'm, I'm just saying this as I hear Some of you here today... You've almost felt like you've been in between like a season. You're in between things, and you're going, why, why isn't, I used to do this, and I used to do that, and even for the kingdom, I used to do so much, and now I'm in the season. But I believe what God's trying to have you do today, somebody here today, he's trying to have you let go of who you found your identity in in the past, or what you found things in, to now begin to say, but in all of it, I'm just going to find it in you. And even if I do nothing else, that you call me to do nothing else, I'm still just, I'm your child, and that's all that I need. And from there, I believe that God's going to launch you into something even greater and into this next season. Yes, Father God. Yes, Lord. Some of you have searched the world for your identity. And you've come up lost. You've even beat yourself up. You've been mad at yourself. Maybe you even have unforgiveness towards yourself today. And Jesus is saying, "I love you. I love you. I'm here to give you your identity. You've turned to the right place. Yes, Father, we
1: thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
0: Yes, Lord God. Ooh, just receive it right now, church." Receive it right now. God's imparting something into many of you right now. Just receive it. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God. We worship you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, right now. So you all to pray with me. And those of you that, that have raised your hand, you just begin to receive this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, right now, Lord God, hmm, yes, Lord. I ask that you forgive them, Lord. Forgive them, Father. And Lord, I ask, Lord God, that you begin to become so real to them, Lord. Father, I ask that you Heal them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I I ask that, that even right now you begin to distinguish the difference between their identity and their purpose. That some of us find our identity in our purpose, but our identity is in Him. And right now, Lord God, that they begin to find their identity in you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you begin to reveal to them The scriptures that they've already read, Lord God, this is what the Holy Spirit does, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing this. Begin begin to, to penetrate their mind with who they are in you, Lord God, and their heart, Father, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of false identity, we command you to leave in Jesus Christ's name. In the name of Jesus, Father, right now I ask you, Lord God, you begin to come and comfort them, to give them peace, Father God. Father, I ask that as you give them their identity and show them their identity, Lord God, you begin to show them their purpose and the plans you have for their life. And Father, when they find their identity in you completely, Father God, I know that many individuals know who they're supposed to be, or know what you've said they are, Lord God. But there's a difference between knowing it and and making it part of you, Father God. And I ask today that it takes root, Lord God. That which they already know takes root in their minds and in their hearts, Lord God, and begins to take root, and they begin to find the greatest joy in knowing who they are in you. And Father, we ask right now, Lord God, that as they receive this, Lord God, you begin to reveal that purpose for them in Jesus Christ name. Father, we thank you for healing them. We thank you for setting and delivering some of them, setting them free, Lord. Father, we thank you for giving, some, uh, giving individuals a new identity in you, Lord God, that it's not who their parents say that they are. It's not who their spouses say that they are. It's not who their job has said that they are. It's not who leaders or pastors have said that they are, but it's who you say that they are, Father. Father, and Father, we thank you right now <laughs> for this new identity. Woo, hallelujah. We thank you right now for cleansing their hearts and their minds, Lord God. We thank you right now for bringing them back
1: to the gospel
0: in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you today.